to another episode of the Main Quest Podcast. This is, of course, the number one retro gaming podcast with more gas issues than the Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> As always, I am your host, Keith. If you're a returning listener, what's up? How you been? Good, good to have you back. I like your hair today. I like your hair today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, if you're a, <laughs> and if you're a new listener, please uh, take off your pants, get a little bit comfy, and uh, once you are, once you've found a nice cozy spot, make sure you follow the show on Instagram. That's the main quest. I post the schedule regularly. You can see what's coming up on the show as well as other matters pertaining to the games that I'm covering. And if you really want to step in some shit, you can follow the show on Twitter. <laughs> and that is underscore main quest. And of course, all of those links and more can be found in the show notes. On to today's show. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this one. I hope you guys are, because today uh, we're headed all the way back to 1992. And we're going back there, going 30, 30 years back, with the one, the only, Dave Jackson from Tales from the Backlog. Dave, you are out of your element. You're not in Ohio anymore. This is, <laughs> this is 1992. <laughs> this, I was here for this, though, so this is an interesting one. Because I was there, I was playing this game back, well, not back then, but I was playing this game when I was a little kid. Like, this is one of the first games I remember playing. So I was kind of there. Is this, is this like the oldest game that you've talked about on a podcast? Probably. What, what year did Mega Man X come out? Mega Man X is 93. Is 93? So, so yes, after. this, this yeah. would be the oldest game that I've been on a recording talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, you just give a little bit of your personal history with the game away. We'll get more into that. Uh, but what have you been playing lately? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I have been, I'm still playing Neon White. So I beat the game like last week and then i've been having fun going back and getting the ace medals and getting the gifts and stuff like that throughout the levels because i didn't do that my first time because i hate like all caps caps lock hate the writing and the characters in this game it's so bad it's the worst is <laughs> the it's the cringiest shit i've seen in a video game in a long time there's a line, I, I took a screenshot of this because I am I was just like, you know what, I might need this to dunk on this game sometime. So there's a screenshot I took where someone was like, man, I'd give my left nut if I could just go back to, you know, being alive or whatever. And I was like, man, I haven't heard someone say that in over a decade. Like we, as a society, we moved that past that a long fucking time ago. So I didn't like collect any of the gifts to give to any of the characters because I thought it was going to be like, if you give a gift to a character, you can take them on a date. I thought it was going to be one of those games. And it's okay, not. Okay. Thankfully, it's not. No. Um, you get like bonus levels and shit if you do that. So it's really cool, actually. And I like getting the gifts, too, because as you go through the levels in Neon White, you get these power-ups. And the power-ups will help you get to the, the finish line as fast as possible, right? But you have to use those power-ups in different ways to get to the gift. 
And I like how each level actually has two sets of puzzles in it. Like there's the use these power-ups to get to the finish line to get the ace medal. Then you have to do a totally different strategy to get to the gift. And I'm enjoying like figuring those out. So that's a lot of fun. Some of those gifts, I'm awful at getting at those. So they're, they're real hard. Like some of them are, I've had to look in guides for a couple. I think I'm up through the first three missions of getting all the gifts and all the ace medals. So yeah, it's a good time. It's addictive. It is. It's super fucking addictive. It's a it's, really good game. It's a score chasing, man. Yeah. I think so. I what was last year. I think I said last year was like the year of what do you like? Um, time. Time loops. Time loops. Thank you. Yeah. Last year was like the year of time loop games. Yeah. And it seems like there's a lot of score chasing games coming out this year. So is this like the year of the score chaser? I don't know what other games, what other score chaser games have come out this year. Because isn't Vampire Survivors kind of like another score chasing game? Not really. Vampire Survivors, you're just trying to survive 30 minutes. That's all. Oh, okay. I thought there was a score involved. All right. Yeah. And then, so I'm currently playing a game called Disc Room. Yeah, I've seen that. And it is essentially a bullet hell, but with saws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like... <laughs> It's kind of segmented, like like those old school, like Smash TV. Uh, the map is kind of segmented into like different rooms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to essentially each room has a certain amount of goals that you have to achieve before you can move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you might step into a room and uh, one of the goals is for you to get killed by you know, two different types of saws or something like that. So you just, <laughs> that's easy enough. You just kill yourself. You see the saw, you go kill yourself. Right. Or another one would be like, uh, last 30 seconds in this room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's a 2D top-down bullet hell game. It's moves as well as it should. Yeah. But with the amount of different saws, because each of them has their own characteristics and stuff, there's even boss fights. It's... uh the game is fucking brutal and shout out to willie from the grammar pitians play video games mm -hmm. he's him and i are friends on xbox live and he's like really fucking good at the game <laughs> and so it's always like right there in the corner of the screen telling me what his time was uh -huh. and i'm like oh, i really i really want to beat that that's that's the one thing i wish neon white kind of had i think i would try a lot harder neon white if it just had my friend's scores like up in the corner and be like, oh yeah, Think yeah, you're hot shit, Dave. <laughs> you have to. Well, first of all, I am hot shit, but second of all, uh, <laughs> you yeah, neon white kind of drop. Well, I don't know if they drop the ball or if they just like not prepared for the amount of people playing it or something because their servers are really hard to like the leaderboards. You get error messages trying to access them like way too often. I think. I think it's just the fact that you even have to like pop open extra menus just to check out the leaderboards yeah which is like with disc room it's always like up in the corner or whatever yeah. like yeah it would be cool in neon white if you just had that off in the corner it's not like you not like you need to see something in the top right corner of the screen or something like that and then as you as you're falling off of a building to your death you you have a lot of time to sit and think about what you've done just take a look up in that corner see that <laughs> oh, keith didn't fall to his death come on dave get your shit together Okay, right. 
in a game like that where you're constantly trying to get better, that definitely be a motivation, and it definitely that's I think that's one of the reasons why. I've taken to disc room a little bit more mm-hmm. just because there's that bo- motivation of Willie sitting there laughing in my fucking face, <laughs> even though he's not, but oh, he is. I feel like it. He is. Yeah. He pr- yes. Yep. <laughs> he's getting ready to toss a hot piss jug my way. <laughs> Speaking of hot piss jugs, uh, you want to talk about today's game? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that that was, <laughs> didn't know that's where we're going with that, but yeah, let's get into it. I didn't know if that was a great segue or not, but, you know, we'll find out soon enough. Only time will today, tell. <laughs> yeah, today we played Mario Land 2. Is it Super, Mar- Super Mario Land 2? I'm already fucking up. Six <laughs> golden coins. As always, we start with our personal histories with the game and first time we came across it and, and played it. And you kind of started going into that a little bit earlier. So if you'd like to start off here, do the honors, sir. Yeah, like I said earlier, I had this game on my Game Boy when I was a kid. And I think I got my Game Boy in like, I think it was 98 actually. So it wasn't like right when this came out because I got my Game Boy when Pokemon came out. So, but I did have this and I remember playing it a lot. I really liked it. It was probably the first Mario game that I owned. And I remember like, I remember the space level was really hard when I was a kid and then I could not beat Wario's Castle. So like I made it to Wario's Castle several times, could not beat it and like never did. And then I didn't replay it until like a couple months ago when I was on an airplane and I was like trying playing a bunch of games. It's like a seven hour flight or something. And I was like, I don't feel like playing this boot up another game. I don't feel like playing this. Oh, yeah. Me and Keith said we were going to talk about six golden coins. So let me boot that up. And I just like sat and beat it in one sitting on the airplane. Helped by saved states, though. So Wario's Castle is still still tough. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask if you still found it as difficult as, you know, as you did when you were a kid. So I had this for later. We'll talk about this a little bit later, I think. But I think this game is extremely easy. And then Wario's Castle is the fucking worst. Even though I am now an adult and I have adult motor skills and adult reflexes, I still think Wario's Castle is some bullshit. I think there's a lot. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> talk about it later. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why Wario's Castle particularly is really fucking hard. It has a lot of mechanics and enemies and stuff crammed in it that you kind of get throughout the game where it's not as bad. I'm trying mm-hmm. not to give away some of my thoughts on the gameplay for later, but yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? So for a lot of reasons again that i'm sure we'll get into this was the mario land game that i thought like felt like a mario game back then when i played it because that when i first came across it was in 1992 when it first came out we had a game boy i'm pretty sure we had a launch game boy my brother could not in the previous episode for mario land could not 
nailed down when we got the Game Boy exactly, but it was very early on. So I think mm-hmm. we placed around like 90 or 91 or something like that. Um, and yeah, that game, as I said on <laughs> that episode, did not feel like Mario at all. And so I think a lot of the reasons why this feels more like Mario is because this came out like a year after Super Mario World and have having had Super Mario Brothers as, as a kid, my memories of that game aren't as vivid as like 2, 3, and World. So the sprites and animations in this game were much closer to something I would have expected from a Mario game. So mm-hmm. as a kid... I was like looking at this and I was like, yeah, this is Mario. This is the Mario that I'm like super familiar with as opposed to like the simplistic, almost NES style of that first Mario Land game. But, you know, even even though I was like, yeah, okay, this I can get down with this Mario. I still was like, I always kind of felt like there was something off of off at this game. And that's something that I couldn't really put my thumb on as a kid because i'm just a fucking kid like whatever i'm just playing this fucking video game the one thing i was certain of though when i was a kid was i just thought wario was just a really fucking lazy villain even to this day like when i think about those times it's like to me somebody at like r&d one was like all right well we can't do shadow mario not yet, at least. That's going to come in, you know, <laughs> 10 years. Uh, but what if we just took the M and we turn it this way? Yeah. Wario. What? Wario. Wow. And Give this guy a promotion. This. Not only that, but he's fat. All right. So there's there's another just innovation. Not only do we flip that M over, he's really fat. <laughs> and he has a mustache that's like... It, you know, but it's not like Mario's fun mustache. Mustache. It's an evil mustache. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like <laughs> if he tried to straighten it out, it would just immediately like it would spring back and make a noise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like again, and then there was like other things about the game that just didn't really sit well with me, which again I could not pinpoint until I, I just played the game. So I mean, overall, like I remember really liking this over the first game i almost after like once we had this game i almost never went back to mario land um Mm -hmm. yeah and then when wario land came out which i'm going to talk about uh in another episode Mm -hmm. mario land 2 kind of met the same fate (laughs) as the first game so Mm -hmm. um that's that's an entirely other episode so yeah, I should have mentioned, like, I don't think I've ever played another Mario Land game. I think this is the only one I ever played. Unless they made those Game Boy Advance Mario kind of remakes, but I don't remember which ones. The, were those Land that they mm. remade for the GBA? I know there was a Super Mario World remake for the GBA. And then there was a... I don't know. I don't... I see... I, and I know, you know I thought Mario I had a handle Brothers on Brothers Three. Land and World and what systems they were on and all that, but I guess not. Because, <laughs> but anyway, this is the only Mario Land game that I played like back then on the Game Boy for sure. So you never played Wario Land or Wario Land Two? Uh, I think I picked up Wario Land on the Game Boy Advance, like with Wario Land Four. 
Oh, okay, okay. So you you have played something in the series. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I think three also, probably, because I know, like, I know I was playing Wario Land games on the GBA and maybe on the mm-hmm. Game Boy Color, but it was definitely not on the Game Boy because I remember them like being in color and stuff. See, that's where my history gets spotty because I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. I uh, I didn't have any handhelds after the Game Boy Color. I didn't have a handheld until the Switch, technically. So, damn. Yeah, I don't even use the Switch handhelds. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, is it man. truly a handheld for me? Uh, I feel like with the Switch, you have to play it handheld. Otherwise, it's just like a real shitty console. But if you play it handheld, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, I like legit. I like playing games like laying down in bed and stuff so that I play handheld switch because of that. But also like a not insignificant factor is that it looks like shit on my nice TV (laughs) or my nice monitor. So I just don't plug it in. That's it's honestly just my indie game machine. Yeah. Makes sense. And then I just keep (laughs) my fingers crossed that they have made the game run well on the switch (laughs) because only Nintendo can seemingly make their games run well on the switch yeah it's uh it's a real crapshoot gotta read a lot of reviews speaking of nintendo making games that run well on their hardware Uh (laughs) uh-huh super mario land 2 i i've been forgetting to say the super mario land 2 colon six golden coins was developed by nintendo r&d one and published by nintendo all of this stuff that i'm essentially going to run down here came from a a shmuplations article that i dug up it's a pretty short read and it's packed with like a ton of info and it's actually kind of a really touching interview uh to read because you could tell like everybody on that team was just having like a really fun time making the game and kind of like even in the article they're going back and forth and kind of like making jokes to each other like oh well what if we did this with wario and like oh what do you mean wario doesn't like onions, Wario likes crepes. <laughs> it's, so it's like, I don't know, it's it's just kind of, it's kind of touching. So I'm going to kind of reiterate some of the stuff I talked about previously on Mario Land. So of course, Miyamoto, he didn't have anything to do with the Mario Land series. And surprisingly, all but one person from the Mario Land development team returned for the game, and that was Gunpei Yokoi. And he returned as producer. And so directing is Hiroji Kiyotake, who also worked on the upcoming episode that I'm doing on Metroid 2 and was also part of Dr. Mario, which is another previous episode that I did. And uh, the music was done by Kazumi Tataka. Yeah. Kazumi Tataka. Somebody get Rick on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So originally the team wanted to make something that looked and sounded like Super Mario World, which is, I mean, even even playing the game now, you could kind of draw the comparisons. You look at Mario Sprite and you're like, oh, wow, that really looks like the Super Mario World Sprite, right? But over the course of the development, a lot of other things about the game changed. And perhaps maybe for the better, because they thought that if they made it too close, if if it seemed more like a Mario World port, that people would have just ended up comparing the two games to each other, which would be totally unfair, because the Super Nintendo is 
far and away much more powerful than the Game Boy. So, you know, out of fear, they really just kind of set out to make sure Mario Land 2 had its own style while kind of retaining that formula that like Super Mario 3 kind of established. You know, with that, like a lot of the weird out of place things that you would never see in a Mario game, or at least hadn't to, you know, up until that point, um, like Mario stomping out pigs in outer space or (laughs) (laughs) Mario getting eaten by a giant turtle. Mm -hmm. Like Mario going inside of a wind up doll of himself. Yeah. We're Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say Mario having a castle, like get into that in a second. Yeah. And then of course I mentioned, this is Wario's grand appearance. And, you know, in the interview, they said they wanted to give Mario an arch rival which he already had in King Koopa, but uh-huh. I guess they can never have enough arch rivals, right? Yeah. Um, so they made Wario, which uh, the Japanese portmanteau of Wario, I, I don't remember the pronunciation of Wario in Japanese, but it means bad. So <laughs> Kiyotake, another thing that was already established before, uh, was Kiyotake also likened Mario and Wario's relationship to Popeye and Bluto, which was <laughs> already something that existed between Mario and Donkey Kong. <laughs> so it just literally sounds like R&D1 had like really no idea of what to do. Uh, and we're just kind of copying themselves in a weird way. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Hey, but hey, we got we got WarioWare. As a, you know, years later, we got WarioWare. So whatever, you know, we had some awkward early stuff, whatever, if it ended up with us being able to play WarioWare. And it's one of those things, too, because it's like, well, if that's his arch rival, why are they go-karting together? Sure. (laughs) You have that theory that it's all like stage plays and stuff, and they're all they're all actually friends. All the games are just, you know, uh, shows, basically. And then they go play golf and play tennis and play soccer and everything together, have a good old time. Well, Ryan and I had that theory on when we did Super Mario Brothers 3 that essentially Mario is just making movie versions of his adventures, but they're like extremely exaggerated to make him look really good while everybody else looks really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some water in that theory (laughs) when we talk about the story to this game because mario's a fucking asshole all right so uh, okay i'll save it for the story part because i got i got questions okay i'll finish i'll finish (laughs) this up right here all right so super mario land 2 colon six golden coins arrived in japan and north america in the fall of 1992 which is just a few weeks apart people in europe in the pal region they didn't uh, have to wait that long either for the release of the game, which came out in the winter of 1993. Review scores. EGM gave it an 87%. IGN, of course, gave it a 9 out of 10. Nintendo Life. Of, well, Nintendo Life's pretty okay. They gave it a 9 out of 10. And Giant Bomb has it at a 4.5 out of 5 stars. Just pretty fucking high. That's nearly perfect. Yeah. Didn't all Mario games get high scores, basically, you know, uh, even especially these 2D ones? Yeah. 
pretty early on. I mean, there was almost Sega had entered the market at this point. Nintendo was kind of in trouble, um, but Mario was still like a household name, like bigger than Mickey Mouse. Right. So it was going to be you'd have to fuck it up pretty hard for people to be like, oh, this is a terrible game. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, even the first Mario Land sold like, uh, what was it? I'm already blanking like 18 million copies or something like that, which mm-hmm. is fucking crazy. It's one of the best selling Game Boy games and that game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never played it but i'll take your uh take your advice i'm gonna stay away so since its release it has been ported to the nintendo 3ds virtual console and has spawned the final entry in the series wario land colon super mario land 3 in this plot i have a lot of questions that probably don't have answers like all right like when did mario buy a castle when did he own a castle is he a king all those lord all those coins you collected and all those games beforehand mario was banking those coins he's hiding them under the mattress this whole time he went and bought himself a castle so did mario live on the like he had an island he lived on an island right sure was did he <laughs> did he ha- is this his like native island all right i'm gonna be honest because we're gonna get into the story here yeah go ahead, go I, ahead. I, i'm gonna be honest like i had no idea there was a story i didn't read the manual and i assume that this is where this story came from the like the game manual but there is no indication in any mario game uh at least from this era that there's ever a story at all other than you need to get to the end and save the princess. We're in this game. Take back your castle. Yeah, I think this is the first instance where Mario is not saving a woman. Yeah, he's no, no that's wrong. <laughs> Mario Land Super, Super Mario Brothers 2. I'm sorry. I'm getting my Mario games mixed up. Fuck Mario <laughs> Land, Mario Brothers, Mario World. Um, yeah, Super Mario Brothers 2. He does not save a princess. He saves a people. He saves, he saves people. He saves a he saves another land. Okay, but it ends up being a dream. Spoiler. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It's just a dream. Yeah, it doesn't even really matter. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's okay. So hmm. yes, sweet David, we we go to the manual for our stories. Yeah, because these games, as you said, they don't have stories. So yeah, this is straight from the manual. <sighs> okay, I do I I, so, I get the sense reading this that the team was just like <laughs> like the team that was making this game was just like man we can write whatever we want no one's going to read this <laughs> none of this matters like literally all your weird ideas the all of your fan fiction that you've ever thought about about Mario put it in this fucking game no one's going to care dude you would be surprised there were so many times i would absolutely read the manual well read the manual but maybe. as a as a child yeah none of this mattered no <laughs> all right so okay do i read this in my in my best chris pratt voice doing mario or do i butcher charles martinet <laughs> doing mario? why don't you mix do the I two do, together or, <laughs> or do i just offend everyone and just do a really bad italian accent 
Is that not what Chris Pratt's doing? Who knows what the fuck he's doing? Apparently, he's going to do something we've never heard before. Oh, cool. New accent. <laughs> New accent's going to drop. So the manual states, quote, While I was away, crusading against the mystery alien Tatanga in Sarasaland, an evil creep took over my castle and put the people of Mario Land under his control with a magic spell. There's, I have already so many questions. The people of Mario Land, including pigs that shoot cannon cannonballs out of their mouths. Who mouth. does he rule over, <laughs> yeah, the, Dave? There are no Who pe- does he rule no over? people in this game. Mario is Putin, right? <laughs> Mario's just, <laughs> Mario's just, because he went to Sarasa Land to kill another, like he went to a, somebody else. The first Mario Land is not Mario's land. He's in Sarasa Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he killed, well, I guess he didn't kill Tatanga because Tatanga's in this game. He's the boss for the space section. Oh, right. Yeah. So maybe Tatanga's coming back for... We got to get through this. Yeah. (laughs) He had been jealous of my popularity ever since we were boys and has tried to steal my castle many times. So this is the first time, apparently. Jesus Christ. But (laughs) but now it's it's canon that Mario and Wario, like, grew up knowing each other, like Austin Powers and Dr. Evil or something. (laughs) Yeah. And then it says, okay, I'm not even going to read this whole fucking thing, but it says, <laughs> all right, so it's, so first we talk about Wario using magic spells and casting magic on the people of Mario's land. Wario is a wizard? Yeah. Is Wario is a wizard in this game. Sure. <laughs> he's, he doesn't use any magic, but he's a wizard. When it comes down to it, we are just collecting six MacGuffins. You have to just collect six golden coins, mm-hmm. that's the name, to unlock the final area and beat Wario. Which is just... <laughs> it's a great way to keep your castle secure, right? I have these six coins. They all need to be here in the same place. And if you take them out of the castle, eh, it, it's a free-for-all, I guess. And so he entrusts these six golden coins to his his highest you know, lieutenants, such as the rat that lives in the sewer and <laughs> I don't know this a witch like if when you try to put a story on here it's it's very uh Saturday morning cartoon you know yeah yeah it really it really is I or like the the owls that like hoard over his castle and dive bomb oncomers mm-hmm Anybody who who dare to be a pretender to the throne? Yeah. <laughs> the throne of Mario? <laughs> Just, you know, we talked about how weird Wario is in this game. And just as far as, like, the advertising for this game, I remember Wario just being, like, really... Just really... I did not like Wario as a kid. I He's fine now. You know, there's yeah. been 30 years of character development and hindsight, and Wario's... Uh, just an okay addition, I think, to the roster of Mario characters. See, yeah. Kind of probably one of the, the better ones, I would say. I like Wario a lot more as the the weirdo in WarioWare and Wario Land 4 and like Smash Brothers and stuff like that. Way more than this version of Wario. Like they they were just like, okay, 
He's like Mario, but he's fat and he's got these huge bulging <laughs> eyes. Like Mario's eyes are like two pixels of black and Wario has mm. these huge pervert eyes. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his skull is crushing his eyeballs. Yeah, like they're popped out of his skull for sure. Yeah, I mean, Wario's not a character. They make him sound like a warlock in this game. He's not. He no. just is just, like you said, a fat, schlubby Mario. Yeah. Which, again, to go back to the advertisements, is just kind of this weird era of Nintendo where they really had to compete with Sega. This was their Play It Loud era. Mm-hmm. Wario was just, they're trying to make Wario Edgelord Mario, basically. And swing well, it. I miss. mean, as, <laughs> I get, as edgelord as Nintendo can get. Right. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it's Mario, but twisted. Mm-hmm. What if Mario farted and had a big ass? Yeah. Like, isn't that cool, kids? Like, that's funny. It's edgy. Not going like, to lie. That is pretty cool. I'm into I'm into farting and big asses. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going to agree. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. But speaking of. I've got no, I've got nothing. Let's jump into this gameplay. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, so there's going to be kind of, for me, a lot of cross-section with this episode and the last episode, mm-hmm. especially in the way that Mario Land really tried to replicate that NES Super Mario Brothers experience, whereas this one is really kind of trying to replicate the Super Mario World experience. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in a lot of ways, I think both of these games fail to do what they set out to do. You know, and whether or not the development team wanted to stray from that comparison, you really can't avoid it when all the other contemporary Mario games existed at the time. So without, I guess, really comparing the capabilities of the hardware itself, the Game Boy to the Super Nintendo, uh, you know, how does Mario land I almost said mario world how does mario land to feel to you mechanically as a mario game the one thing i noticed is that like in super mario world mario feels a bit more slippery like he doesn't stop on a dime when you stop pushing the d-pad in mario world and in this game he does and that's one thing that contributes to like this being like by far the easiest Mario game I've ever played. I've still never beaten Mario World or um, I think I beat Mario Brothers, like the first one. I beat that one, the one for the NES. But I never beat Super Mario World. I never beat any of the other ones I've played. This game is like incredibly easy for most of it. Uh, And the big reason why is you have that carrot that looks like a strawberry. I always thought it was a strawberry but it's a carrot, right? The one that lets you fly or hover. Yeah, yeah. And you can just skip entire levels. So that's what I did. Like, you can just jump real high and skip to the end of the screen in a lot of levels, like a shocking amount of them. But even if you don't do this, they they often, like, give you two paths through the level. Like, one of them will have a bunch of enemies and a bunch of coins, and the other one will just have nothing, and you can just run straight past everything if you want to like I, I noticed that when i was playing this afternoon to freshen up and yeah just like the big takeaway it's just really easy for a mario game like i don't think mario games are easy but this one is interesting it's interesting 
to hear you think that this is not, this game is easy. I'm not, there's really no, you know, getting around that. It's definitely an easier game. It's, it's just, uh, interesting to hear that you could never really get down Mario's movements from the regular games. No, not Mario World. It's too slippery, man. Slipping and sliding all over. When I came to this, like, that's all I kind of knew. You yeah, know? true. But what I'm talk- when we're talking about, like, the Mario Land games, I mean, Mario fucking moves so, 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 so much better in this game than he did in the first Mario Land. Like, this feels... This feels close, even though there's obviously a difference in the movement of Super Mario World, this feels closer to that. Mm-hmm. It feels probably closer to maybe Super Mario Brothers 3 than, than World. It's not quite there because, again, a lot of that, a lot of him stopping kind of on a dime or kind of getting him to even get moving and running and stuff mm-hmm. is still like a hardware limitation. I think if they could have had that same movement as you saw in the other games, it probably would have been there. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as somebody that, you know, grew up with those console versions, not that I didn't grow up with this, but those came first in my chronology here. This was serviceable. I thought Mario moved fine. It kind of as close as he could be on a, a console like this. Yeah. But I mean, everything is here. Like, Mario can bounce off enemies. He can carry and toss the shells. It's all the Mario stuff that you would have known from the other games, except for Mario Land. Mario Land did not do any of that shit. And I think one of the cooler things that they kind of kept in from when they were kind of trying to make this like a a Mario World port was the fact that Mario has that spin jump. Yeah. Which kind of goes along with you finding a lot of those hidden areas and stuff like that. So I do have a complaint about that carrot power up. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't feel floaty at all. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like it feels like super fucking stiff in comparison to like the Tanuki leaf or the feather cape power ups from, from like the other games. You mean how you can like change directions like instantaneously? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like one second you can be going in one direction. The other second going in another, it just feels weird Mm -hmm. Uh, it's fine like you get used to it but it's just one of those things it's kind of weird and now that i'm thinking about it i feel like uh, we'll get into this i guess a little bit later when we talk about the graphics but because of the resolution size of the game boy screen maybe the carrot power up was the carrot power up seems like a nice compromise for the hardware limitations because I felt like there was a lot of guesswork in some of the platforming and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. So now that I'm thinking about it, without the carrot power up, uh, not that this game would be unplayable, but it'd probably be a little less fun. It would be less fun and it would definitely be harder because I don't think it would be hard because you still get fire flowers and stuff like every yep, single screen back and i don't think it would be hard but you you couldn't just like skip entire sections of levels just by jumping sure. and floating i'm glad nintendo heard everybody's cries about the super ball being a really fucking stupid ass power up and brought the fire flower back when mario land one didn't have the fire flower 
It had a fire flower. Oh. It did not give you the fireball power up though. What? What kind of galaxy brain shit is that? Taking it the fireball the, away from Mario? <laughs> it gave the Mario the power to throw bouncy balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was a fire flower that popped out of the the uh block. Sure. <laughs> yeah, makes sense, right? Yeah, sure. It fucking sucks. This is the most <laughs> useless power up. I fucking hated it. And I don't know what you know the fire flower I don't know what the Scoville scale for the fire flower is, but the fireballs are actually hot enough to break some bricks in this game as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just another part of traversing the different levels and stuff like that. And we kind of talked about the carrot power up already. It essentially gives Mario bunny ears. Dave already talked about how Mario's, you can just use it to, it doesn't exactly work like the Tanuki leaf or anything like that. No, Um, but you can, you you can jump. You do not sustain flight, right? You can jump and then glide and it takes you. Yeah. You are just descending. It takes you a long time to descend though. Like you go down you lose elevation so slowly that you can literally skip entire sections of levels. Speaking of skipping levels, so one of the things here is that this is like one of the only non-linear Mario games. It has a world map, right? That's similar to Super Mario Bros. 3 and World. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially free to just go wherever the hell you want. Uh, and you can even go back and revisit the stages, mm-hmm. which is you know, something you couldn't do in previous Mario games. Well, you could do in world. Um, but before that, you couldn't really do that. So this is also like the only game that does this until really Bowser's fury, which came out a couple of years ago. So yeah, I suppose as far as this was this, is this something you could really get down with? I, yeah, I actually like this because unlike some other, notable games that keith really loves that are non-linear like this uh you don't need there's no like preferred order to do anything either like nothing there's no reason to do one level before the next level nothing changes there's no power up that you need or something like that so like it doesn't matter if you choose like there's no wrong level to pick to do first they're all just mario levels you know so I did like this because I was just like, okay, there's a giant, you know, wind up toy that looks like Mario. Okay. I'm going to go there first. Obviously that's fucking weird. Mm. And uh, then you could just go wherever you want and it's, you don't get punished for going literally wherever you want. It's everything's the same, basically just Mario levels. Yeah. As a, as a kid, it's something I really like playing it now as an adult. I was like, well, I'll just go to the first thing I see, mm-hmm. beat that, go to the next thing. Uh, very, you know, just very methodical and not really <laughs> didn't really play it in a very fun way. Mm. <laughs> but as a kid, you know, it's like sometimes I'll get to a level that's like really, really fucking hard. And I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just going to go over to this other area and check out this house where Mario's like really tiny mm-hmm. and <laughs> you're exploring this house and, and do this set of levels. And then the amount of secrets that are also just in this, the secret levels and stuff, which um, you know, they're not very hard to find. Sometimes all it is is just having to beat the previous level, mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? So, <laughs> uh, it's nothing like Super Mario World where you have to do a, a certain set of things or find hidden exits or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think 
as you can probably hear, I, I agree with you too, that this is just like a really cool idea. And I wish they had done something like this more often. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I mean, I guess Mario 64 is kind of nonlinear, but you're also gated. Yeah. It's not like you could just move around the entire castle and go to wherever you want. You know? Yeah. I think, I think there's in, in this game, there's only one like, mandatory level that you can't just go to right at the beginning like you can't go to the space level right from the beginning you have to do something else first i think other than that it's all open It's been 12 days since my last sale. Why did I set up a merch table here? I don't even have any listeners in Raccoon City. I guess I should be thankful that guy in those really cool sunglasses let me use his house. Hey! Oh god, finally! Customers! I was beginning to think everyone in this house was dead or something. What is this? What are you doing in this place? Well, I'm just here selling main quest merchandise from redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod. What are you guys doing out here? <laughs> you must be from the Bravo team. Bravo team? What? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just a, I'm a podcaster. I'm from the main quest. Just qu- a moment. I found something. What is it? That, uh, that, that's a, uh, Resident Evil series themed tote bag. The house on that artwork looks suspiciously familiar but um yeah i've also got pins stickers and themed phone cases that you can store in that thing just in case you run out of inventory slots you saved my life i owe you one (laughs) hey let's uh let's not get dramatic okay you you don't owe me anything but if you do feel like supporting the show all of the funds feed directly back into the podcast so I can keep putting out great content and even more designs. And the best thing about Redbubble is not only are they print on demand, but your quality merch will arrive in no time at all. He's insane! Whoa! Let me take care of this. And yeah, as you can see, there's even a selection of shirts for the beefiest of boys like Mr. Redfield over here. <laughs> Thank you. That site again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main quest pod or just visit the link in the show notes well i guess i can pack it up for tonight but how the hell am i gonna get through these locked doors here's a lock pick it might be handy if you the master of unlocking take it with you go here's some things i want to complain about uh-huh. <laughs> this game is really fucking slow sometimes yeah there are a lot of choke points and that has a lot to do with the graphics of the game which we're gonna talk about well i guess we can just get into it since i'm complaining mm-hmm. about technically the graphics um as great as this game looks I don't think the gigantic sprites really help with how bad the game runs. 
because then when you consider the resolution that I was talking about before of the Game Boy, um, again, it doesn't make for the best platforming and the enemy placement kind of sucks because there are times, again, where I felt like I was kind of taking a leap of faith, but that also, you know, coincides with the existence of the carrot power up, which again, I think there is that compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also can't see, you can't really see what's ahead of you because everything is so large. <laughs> so that's kind of when the enemies come in and then enemies just randomly popping into sight and you just, you take a hit. couple things I appreciated though, like, first of all, I like how in this game they don't do that thing where enemies respawn the second they're off screen. That doesn't happen, and that's cool. Which, because this game, like, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I felt like I, I felt like I noticed this, but I also was definitely not going to Google the other Mario games to double check. But this game feels very zoomed in compared to other, you know, Mario World and stuff like that. So if you like, you know, you went off screen and then an enemy like would just respawn. That would fucking suck. But that doesn't happen here. So I I don't know, like there's a lot of like you can't see very far in front of you. But again, this game is so easy. There's rarely anything, you know, dangerous in front of you. So uh, this didn't really cause many problems. I did uh, experience a lot of like frame drops and stuff like that. And I was emulating this on a... Uh, 3ds which is much more powerful than a game boy and still so yeah i mean is the enemies appearing on screen like a huge issue no like this isn't legendary axe (laughs) types of problems here like this is it's not that bad i don't want to like make it sound like i'm exaggerating like oh these enemies are just like it happens but it's not enough to like rage quit or anything like that it's not like i'm constantly like inching forward the entire game Mm -hmm. waiting for something to pop up (laughs) and then i can kill it it's it's nothing that bad there's actually a lot of Um, things where i feel like again this is unlike a lot of mario games i've played in the past but if you just run straight forward all of the obstacles will move around you i noticed like today i just kind of a couple of levels i was just like you know there's a bunch of you know sliding uh balls on chains spike balls on chains and enemies that fly in a v uh pattern what if i just run straight as soon as i get onto this part and sure enough they all just fall behind you or they you know their their pattern takes them above or below you like you can literally just run straight through like parts of levels without even thinking about what's there interesting (laughs) see i think this is where our muscle memory differs because my regular mario muscle memory betrays me with this game because mario does not move how i think he should move Mm. so therefore i think i'm a little more cautious than i normally would be if i was just playing any other regular 2d mario game yeah yeah this if that makes any sense yeah that's a good word this isn't a game where you need to really be cautious there's a couple levels where you need to be careful like the the space level you got to be careful where you're flying but Mm -hmm. for a lot of the regular levels it's you know, run and jump and stuff tends to just get out of your way. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I just, something about the very incredibly large, again, it looks great. It really does. This game looks great. It's just so zoomed in that it, for me, it just doesn't 
quite work as like the fast paced like action that those 2d mario games are known for yeah yeah i can get that but it does look good like i don't think a lot of game boy games look very good at all you mentioned metroid 2 that game looks like shit this game looks pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i mean oh mm, i'm gonna save it because that's 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 the next episode so i'll save that yeah well back to gameplay just for a second like is this the first is this the first mario game that has boss fight boss fights and not just like jump over bowser and hit the axe uh no you had um super mario i keep on wanting to say super mario land 2 you had super mario brothers 2 and then super mario brothers 3 also had the okay. different boss fights had these boss fights where it's like you know learn their patterns jump on their head three times that kind of stuff yeah i know yeah i noticed in your notes yeah it was kind of yep yeah, jumping out that was basically the koopa kid fights in super mario brothers 3 mm-hmm. the boss fights in super mario brothers 2 were very different than any mario game because mm-hmm. uh, essentially it's just a mixture of picking items up and throwing them at people jumping on them oh okay all sorts of different yeah stuff. i did play um, that game they put that on game boy advance i definitely played that they did yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's the one where you could play as Luigi and Peach and everybody, right? Correct. Yep. 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 I played that mm-hmm. one. I remember that now. But yeah, these these bosses are <laughs> to a T that formula. Like figure out the pattern, jump on their head three times. Every single boss is exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I mean, it worked. It's it it's works. easy. I'm not it's... I'm not like I'm not complaining. I don't want Dark Souls boss fights in this game. Like <laughs> this it's easy there it yeah. is ring the dark souls bell he said you're it. gonna have to get a bell there it is yeah. hey want to hear the most annoying sound in the world dark souls guys, guys, guys. yeah all of these are like every boss has one move and you just learn that one move jump on their head three times before you get hit two times and it's over I will say, like, speaking of just the enemies, period, this is probably one of, like, the most varied enemy enemy designs in a Mario game up to this point. Yeah, there's a, in each, um, each level of, like, the six levels has totally different mm-hmm. enemies for the most part. And then each, like, yeah. level within the level, like, all of them have, like, three or four levels to go through, stages, whatever. They kind of have mix-ups in in there sometimes too so yeah that tracks so there is still some weirdness that carries over uh but at least like unlike mario land the the things that we know and love like the piranha plants look Mm -hmm. like piranha plants the goombas they look like they look like goombas uh but Mm -hmm. then we have enemies that are just walking jason Voorhees head jason Voorhees heads that like have yep. knives sticking <laughs> out of that, like bloody knives sticking out of them, which is like the most un Nintendo Nintendo thing. Like I think I have seen up to this point aside from, mm-hmm. I guess sweet home, but sweet homes technically not. That's not a first party <laughs> Nintendo game. So yeah, there's a lot of weird ones here, even in like in that level where you're in like the, you shrunken down that house level. There's like three different types of ant enemies that yeah. you come across. There's there's a bunch, and they're like really, yeah. I mean Saturday Saturday morning cartoon vibes. I mean those cart those ants look very very cartoony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. one of them just has, has like a, it's like a gun strapped to the top of its head or something <laughs> like, like a yeah. little mini cannon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think the game looks great. I, I really mm-hmm. do. Speaking of edging, (laughs) uh, these segues are on point today. Uh, Uh I'm just talking about the music here. I think it's really fucking good. Um, This is probably, for me, the best thing about the game is the soundtrack. I just think the music is awesome. We talked about the variety of enemies and the variety of levels in or i should say the variety of worlds mm-hmm. not levels there are a lot of levels the variety of the worlds and the enemies in them uh they also have their own music to match and i'm not like a I'm not a music major so i don't know what the term <laughs> is but there's the main theme for the game right and yeah. then there's a melody that carries over to all the other songs from yeah. that theme. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a term for that. I don't remember what it's called. Um, and as, as far as the series for Mario land, this is a much, much fuller soundtrack than the first game. And it's a hell of a lot more creative than anything in that first game. And mm-hmm. uh, especially does some really cool things with the game boy sound chip that up to this point in the podcast right now that I just have not heard quite yet. Maybe Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby's Dreamland is up there. That's a phenomenal soundtrack. I think one of the, the most creative songs is the the graveyard. Is it the graveyard? You mean the uh the pumpkin level, the spooky one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um they there's a song that plays in there where they have they have that main melody, uh, but instead, like portions of that are like broken up and like segmented. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of good use of silence in that song. And then, like, they have like these weird, like almost like squeals that are like pitched differently. Um, yeah, that kind of like take you into that broken melody as well. Yeah, I just I really like I really like the soundtrack. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah. I, so I like that main melody and it is kind of creative how each level's music is a different play on that main melody, right? But this is not one of my favorite Mario soundtracks. And it's probably just because like my Mario experience more recently has been like stuff like Super Mario 64 and Mario Odyssey, you know, 3D lands, stuff like that. And even Super Mario World, when I think of like 2D Mario music, I only think of Super Mario World. So I don't know, it, it, it's fine. And that main melody is catchy, but it did end up feeling like there's only one song in the game. Yeah. I, I, and again, I think that's just a limitation of the sound chip. You can only yeah, make yeah, that sure. melody sound I, so different. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting what they did with it. And I, I was going to bring up that pumpkin level too, because they 
made it sound familiar, but also there's a bunch of, you know, squeaking and creaking and stuff like that in the soundtrack, uh, like in the, the background music too. So it, it's interesting. It's just not one of my favorites. So as far as some of the sound effects go, mm-hmm. some of them still seem off from Mario Land as well. Uh, so like a lot of the getting a power up or getting a mushroom or whatever doesn't sound quite the same mm-hmm. as something you would hear in Mario Brothers 3 or Mario Land mm-hmm. or Mario Land. God damn it. I've been probably been doing that this entire episode. <laughs> Mario World. There's too many Marios, dude. Yeah, there really is. Uh, so, and then on the last episode, the one, my, one of my biggest gripes was that fucking invincibility theme where it sounded like you were about to bet on a cockfight or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's like legit. It kind of hurts my ears a little bit. It's, it's grating. This one? Yeah. The one in Mario Land 2. It's better. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> than, than, the, than Mario Land. It's not there yet. It, it's not, it, and and it won't get there because spoiler alert: Mario's not in the next game, even though it's Mario Land Three. Mm-hmm. But regardless, that's pretty much all I have to say about the music. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on. No, not really. It just kind of left me with that feeling that there's just you know one song in the game with multiple takes. Even the boss music is just like you know same melody but more scary, I guess, more intense, more louder <laughs> i can't even think of i know the boss music always begins with that dirt 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 like it's it's that it's like really fucking dramatic it's, it's the same <laughs> yeah and it's it sounds like it's like it sounds like it's playing out of like burned out speakers like that <laughs> well that's like that's like all that's every game boy soundtrack it always that i think that was one of my complaints about the metroid 2 soundtrack was that yeah it just sounds like the music is too loud for the speakers to handle mm-hmm. that's definitely how that how that like boss intro uh little jingle sounds like but i don't know the rest, sure, the rest yeah. of it it sounds good it's just the same song in different forms So I think uh, I think this is it. This is going to be the final portion of the episode here mm-hmm. where we summarize our thoughts and let you guys know if you should check this game out or not. So I think I'm going to let you start this one off. Would you recommend Super Mario Land 2 colon six golden coins in 2022? Uh, yes, I, I think so. Especially if you're like me and you don't play a ton of like retro platformers. I said earlier, I think most Mario games are pretty difficult. Like, you know, like I said, I've never beaten Super Mario World as much as I think that game is really good. I don't really have fun playing it because it's difficult. I find it to be extremely hard. Uh, but this game is super easy. So if you just want to have a breezy Mario time, yeah, why not? That's a little surprising to hear 
kind of. Um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, you know me, man. I'm not. I'm no friend to retro games, and you really I aren't. Just, so that's why I'm like, wow, okay. But like, part of the reason I don't like a lot of retro games is because uh, they're hard, and I don't really enjoy the way a lot of them are hard. Like, I think the Mario games are good games. They're just difficult. I've always found them. I didn't grow up playing them, so. I find them to be difficult, but this game's not. So yeah, I I had a good time until Wario's Castle, but just like emulate it and save state your way through it or just stop playing. Like fighting Wario at the end is not really that fun. You're not missing anything. I, uh, hmm. I don't, mm, I don't know where I stand on this game. <laughs> like on one hand, it's kind of a technical marvel. I don't think it's the most impressive Game Boy game. It's not the worst. Mm -hmm. Like I would say Gargoyles Quest is a better platformer than this game is. The development team, R&D1, they definitely fixed all the issues that the first game had. Like <laughs> they really <laughs> fixed a lot of that stuff. But I, that for me, like I think this kind of shines some light on some other issues. And like the issues that I had with this game, again, they weren't game breaking. They weren't anything that was just going to make me just give up and stop playing. They're just minor annoyances. Yeah. I think that this being a Mario game, I came, I think I came to expect more from it as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, but now as like an adult, I can kind of just separate it from the entire franchise. So like if this wasn't Mario running around, I think it'd just be like a pretty okay video game. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is Mario. And to me, it doesn't quite nail the feeling of playing as Mario as you would in like literally every other Mario 2D Mario game. I'm going, mm, I'm going to recommend this game <laughs> because there's just, <laughs> there's, there's really nothing blatantly awful about it. There's a lot more to enjoy in this game than there isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think the direction in which R&D won takes the series next is very indicative to the like failure of these two games. And I'm saying failure in quotes um, for people that can't visually see me through an audio platform. Um, <laughs> but um, like, because Mario again, Mario doesn't move like Mario and that is obviously due to the limitations of the game boy. And I think that's why we see that shift in the series with Wario Land to have it being like a little more slow paced um, than some of these other ones. So and I think it's one of the reasons why we didn't see a Mario game on a handheld console for like 14 years after this. Oh, wow. We mentioned the port. We mentioned the ports and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking like a brand new portable Mario did not come for like. I think until 2006, I think that was super new Super Mario Brothers. Mm, yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is the least confident recommendation I've made on this show, <laughs> but I definitely think it's worth checking out. So that's going to do it for today. Once again, dude, thank you for coming on, taking your time out of your schedule to talk about this incredibly old video game. <laughs> Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a good time. And uh, it gave me the the push to like finally 
replay this after I've been I've been thinking about replaying it for like 15 years now. So finally got it done. Yeah, you had been talking about it on and off on like discords and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have that coming up on the show. Like, why not have you on for yeah. it? And I appreciate I I mean, it's got to be nice for you with a lot of these games, but I appreciate that it only took like two hours to play uh, as someone who finds themselves (laughs) playing a lot of video games. The show is always open if you want to play another like, you know, two or three hour (laughs) video game and get through it. Yeah, maybe get through it. Maybe. I don't know. Depends. Yeah, it depends. Maybe. I don't know with your skill level. (laughs) (laughs) Save states are my friend. Yeah. So I mentioned your discord. The floor is yours basically at this point, let people know where they can find you. Sure. So wherever you're listening to this, if you search Tales from the Backlog, uh, you'll find my podcast, which Keith has been a guest on uh, twice now, depending on when this episode comes out. Uh, But we talked about Earthbound on one episode and we talked about Outer Wilds on another episode. So uh, if you want a place to start, that's as good a place as any. Uh, but my my show is uh, like this, a review type show. Uh, but I go no spoilers through uh, about two thirds of every episode. So even if you haven't played, you can listen to uh, my show. And then after, you know, we have a big, very obvious spoiler wall after that free for all spoilers. So that's Tales from the Backlog. Uh, it's a good time. I will uh, I'll send over a link tree so no one has to memorize social media handles. You can find my Instagram, Twitter. I do have a Discord server. It's a good time. Keith is in there. Uh, giving me shit for not liking old games. It's a good time. So <laughs> appreciate you, Keith. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, next week on the show, we jettison ourselves deep into space. And along for the ride is Chase and Mushi from the Playcube Gamecast as I drag them back to a franchise... That didn't start out very well the first time we covered it last year. We'll be talking about Metroid 2, Return of Samus. So until then, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, take care of yourselves. Kazumi Tataka? Yeah. Kazumi Tataka.
Somebody get Rick on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just we just have him on like retainer whenever we need a Japanese pronunciation check. <laughs> right, right. His sweet dulcet tones come through the mic. <laughs> yeah. Kazumi Totaka. That's my Rick impression. That was really bad. <laughs> uh, better than mine. Yeah. I'm cutting that. <laughs> You'll never hear that. <laughs> Shit.